Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clean. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to episode 203 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we are going to talk about Anthony Davis versus the NBA, or I should say the Pelicans versus the NBA. We're going to size up how the big players from all the trade deadline moves are fitting in on their new teams, and we're going to talk about some impact signings from the buyout market. Before we get to all of that, a reminder that you can find us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. I, I'm still in a food coma from yesterday, where I went to, with my with my dad and my dad's wife and my, my wife and son, we went to this big time buffet that had, had like grilled crocodile and oh. all types of meat and it was like oh it was so delicious wow that does sound good yeah yeah all, all you can eat and with like 15 different types of meat and you could just you could just go nuts oh man those are always so dangerous did you fast all day no because i actually heard that that was a bad thing you would fill up quicker mm. oh interesting yeah huh i I always get because there's like there's those Brazilian steakhouses in America like Fogo de Chao and the like, yeah. and then they always have those salad bars, which is just offensive. Like, don't don't waste <laughs> your space on a salad bar. Come on. But I always go with my wife's family, and then they always do go to the salad bar, and I like have to put three pieces of lettuce on my plate to make it look like I too there am participating go. in healthy eating. When really I'm just like, give me twenty pieces of bacon wrap fillet, please. Yeah. yeah, no Brazilian steakhouses are the best. Yeah. We don't really have those in Denmark, but I've I've visited several, you know, outside my country, and I'm just like, we should get like a whole chain yeah. in this country of Brazilian steakhouses. They're amazing. That's a business opportunity right there, man. It is. It is, <laughs> and it's also a date because next time you and I meet up, it's Brazilian steakhouse. Done. That sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just bleed them dry. <laughs> All right, uh, we need to. I guess we'll start with the Anthony Davis situation because oh, yeah. we knew this was kind of on the horizon if the Pelicans did not trade him by the trade deadline. I think Mark Stein of the New York Times was the first one to kind of hint at they were considering sitting him down for the rest of the season, which from the Pelicans' perspective makes sense. Anthony Davis mm. is a walking injury risk waiting to happen. You're trying to trade him this offseason, presumably. You don't want him to suffer a serious injury. It also comes with the benefit of you're taking your best player out of the lineup 
you're now focused on lottery odds and improving your lottery odds and removing him from the equation only helps. So from the Pelicans' perspective, I get it. From the NBA perspective, uh, they were not so fond of the idea. Apparently, they, they, you know, the league office contacted the Pelicans and said they would be subject to a fine of $100,000 every game that Davis was benched. Uh, so mm-hmm. where, where, what's your take on this situation? Like, is it fair to the Pelicans to be forced to play Anthony Davis knowing, you know, no. yeah, knowing what I'm not happened. even going to let you finish the question. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's utterly ridiculous because here's the thing. If the NBA wants a healthy league, that includes the small market teams. Mm-hmm. Now, if you compromise the trade value of Anthony Davis, by having him risk injury, knowing full well that he wants to leave the ball club, you are effectively ruining their chances of getting full return if he gets hurt significantly. Yeah. Thus, you're hurting the smaller markets. Yeah. It is absolutely ridiculous that the NBA is assisting on this. And I, if I'm the Pelicans, it I, I don't understand why, I, you know, or rather, of course I don't understand why the league put this mandate over me, but I'm also sitting him down. I don't understand why the Pelicans decided to play him. Like, right. it's, what, a 2.5, 2.6, whatever, yeah. million-dollar fine for the rest of the season? Yeah. Like, take it. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. It's peanuts compared to what you risk losing if he goes down. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's where I kind of land, too. It, and it's not, you know, it's on our checkbook. Like, that's a pretty hefty check to send to the league office. But at the same time, like... The, the downside here of him, you know, God forbid something happens to him, like happened to Boogie Cousins last year where he tears his Achilles and, like, boom, there goes his entire free agent value. Like, Boogie Cousins right. was in line for a five-year max deal, tears his Achilles, and signs a one-year taxpayer mid-level exception. Like, he lost almost $200 million because of that one injury. Anthony Davis, you know, he's missed games every year for a variety of injuries, knock on wood he'll stay healthy in these last 25 games but like can you just imagine what an absolute s storm it would be for the nba if he does get a serious injury like what happens yeah like because like what what recourse do the pelicans have here like i if i'm the if i'm the pelicans i'm like all right nba here's the deal we'll play him but you have to force the Lakers to give us everything they said they would at the trade deadline <laughs> if he does get hurt. Like, no matter what. Yeah. Or or at the very least, you know, a, a significant chunk of financial compensation. But it, like, like financial yeah, compensation, yeah, it doesn't do anything for your future. I, I get it. I get it doesn't help. But, like, what kind of procedure can you really do? Like like you alluded to, you can't force a team to give up assets. Like right. You just you can't have a league go because that's just dangerous territory. Yeah. So so what's the alternative? The alternative would have to be financial compensation, even though I totally agree with you. That does nothing. Yeah. The, this entire situation is just dumb. And it's, it's – to the NBA's credit, it's, it's one of the few – bad uh, decisions they've made in, in recent years. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this is one of the biggest topics that we have right now. And it's in the grand scheme of things, like 10 years ago, this would be like so-so eh, on the on the controversy radar. So right. overall, this is a sign of the, the league being in very good health. Yeah. But yeah, this, this is a problem, obviously, because it would set the Pelicans back, you know, years 
if right. he if he falls down and does something to like his hand or knee or whatever, mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just a tough situation. But the Pelicans should be proactive here and just I get it. Like it's a it's a tough fine, two yeah. and a half million. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but it's 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 sort of an investment mm-hmm. as well. You're just kind of protecting your investment by doing yeah. that because yeah. you need him healthy to trade him. Like, right. could you imagine if he if he goes down? Like Jason Tatum, definitely off the table. Yeah. The first round draft picks from the Lakers and several of their young guys off the table. Right. Like those offers that are be coming in would be ridiculous. It would be like a Vince Carter to New Jersey return. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I I, I do not want Anthony Davis to get injured because I for the Pelicans' sake, they would just get so monumentally screwed that like I don't know what I really don't know what would happen. Like, I, I feel like they would file a grievance against the league. Like, it could get really ugly. As they should. Yeah. Of course. This is this is really, really dumb. But I will say this. The league did gave them, give them a choice. Right. I, I know. Mean, yeah, with the not, fine. They're not blameless here. And, like, they were supposed to sit him on back-to-backs, and then he plays the first back-to-back after the trade deadline. Yeah. <laughs> Which also seems dumb. Like, the it, whole it, situation Everything is, is handled. Yeah. yeah, the whole situation reeks. I don't like it, but you know, fingers crossed for everyone's sake. Like because this could just get so ugly otherwise. Fingers crossed that Anthony Davis stays healthy. They should just really, if they came to an agreement that he's not playing back to backs and they're going to reduce his minutes, actually follow through with that. Play him twenty five minutes a game. Don't play him on back to backs. At least reduce his exposure to. Injury. Why twenty five? I, I, you know what I would do at one point yeah, just yeah. to, yeah. Just to you know, flip the bird to the league yeah. just once. Yeah, I would I would start him and I would call you know a timeout just after the jump ball. Yeah, right. And I would pull him for the rest of the game. Yeah, I'm sure they would get fined for that, but yeah. they shouldn't. Yeah. I agree that that should te- be... technically they follow the rules. Right, that should be the logical play. We're gonna stick with the Pelicans because there was some surprising news that came out Monday. <laughs> Markeith Morris has been cleared to play after recovering from a neck injury. The Pelicans, of course, traded for Markeith Morris ahead of the trade deadline. They sent out Wes Johnson and got a second-round pick, I think a 2023 second-round pick, in return from the Wizards. Um, (laughs) Markeith Morris just happens to be represented by Rich Paul. And this is where I put my tinfoil hat on. Because yeah, I do too. <laughs> because, you know, there was a lot of speculation that Morris was like, he was supposed to receive a second opinion. And like, it just seemed like the assumption was he was going to be out for the year. So, of course, the Pelicans waive him. Why keep him and have him suck up a roster spot? Then, three days after they waive him, oh, by the way, he's healthy and ready to contribute to a playoff team. And that was three days. That's not co- no coincidence either because it takes 48, 48 hours to get through the whole waiver process. Right, right. It just seems sketchy to me. Of course it is. Of like, course it is. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we're reading into it too much. And maybe it's like my, my other no. thought. I mean, it could be the Pelicans doing Rich Paul a favor and saying like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll waive your client because we don't. You know, we're not trying to make the playoffs anymore. If he's healthy and wants to latch onto a playoff contender, that's great. But, like, because we're doing this favor for you, you know, we have another one of your clients. 
we're going to try to trade him this summer. Please stop leaking every damn thing to the media ahead of these trade negotiations because we know you were responsible for a lot of it ahead of the trade deadline and you tried to ruin our leverage and stop because we're not going to trade. So so their logic is actually saying, oh, you ruined a hell of a lot for us this trade deadline, so let's reward you. Well, it's like scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We need to rebuild our relationship ahead of this critical summer. Here's the problem, though. Rich Paul is an agent. Yeah. Like, that's the only back that he's scratching is his own and LeBron's. Right, <laughs> right. So, right. and I and I think they know that. Yeah. I think the, the, you know, Rich Paul has tried to make himself through LeBron like a major, you know, power player in this league. Mm-hmm. I, I think he plays to his own tune. Yeah. So I, I don't think that works at all. I definitely think this is Paul trying to extract some sort of revenge from mm-hmm. that whole situation because he tried very hard getting right. ad to the to the lakers right and and the pelicans to their credit just called their bluff i mean look you know the lakers tried all the way through going you know this is our best offer you're not going to get better right. yeah they probably are assuming of course that he stays healthy right so and, and, and the lakers credit it was their best offer because then they got rid of zubach who was in their offer and they traded him for mike muscala which Yeah. So Zubac is now off the table for the Pelicans. So no matter what, the offer theoretically gets worse unless the Lakers dangle another first round pick. Um, Can we just take a minute and 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 talk about the whole AD situation from start to finish and just how a train wreck it's been from all sides? Yeah, I think I want to say it was Matt Moore of the Action Network last night that. Cited, this is like the worst trade situation since the Dwight Mayor. Yeah. And I think I, I agree accurate. with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very fair description from that. Yep. But, like, this might be even worse because, A, Anthony Davis is better than Dwight Howard was back then. And I know Dwight Howard mm-hmm. was great, but, like... Oh, no. No comparison. Yeah. And, B, like, this whole injury risk situation really just adds such a complication and the yeah. agent factor again, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in more Rich Paul news, then we yeah. have Sunday, Lakers Sixers before the game. Yeah. Magic Johnson says Ben Simmons wants to work out with him this summer, like pick his brain. You know, big point guard to big point guard. But of course, they need you know the Lakers to sign off, the Sixers to sign off, the league to sign off. Elton Brand comes out Monday. And says, no, I shot this down a month ago. And now, <laughs> and then Ramona Shelburne on Monday night came out with a report and said Brand actually called Magic on Monday for to apologize for insinuating in a radio interview that the Lakers had called unprompted, whereas apparently one of Simmons' brothers had contacted Rob Polinka first. Yeah. But the NBA, regardless, is now investigating... The Lakers have been in contact. Yeah. And that, I mean, no matter what else, like, I don't care who contacted who first, whatever, this weird, stupid game of phone tag. Magic also, like, just complimented Ben Simmons and said he's, you know, he's a great point guard. Like, I, I forget the exact comments, but he, he had, you know, a 20 second spiel on, like, yeah, I admire the way he plays. That's not allowed. If you're an executive, you can't do that. He's already been fined twice now, I believe. Or I guess that once for the Paul George comments on Jimmy Kimmel that they also found right. out they were in touch with his agent. 
And then he also got fined $50,000 for making very similar comments about Giannis. So either, right. either Magic just doesn't remember that he can't do this because he's an executive, which is possible but not necessarily likely at this point, or B, the fines are just not prohibitive enough for him not to do this. Like $50,000 to Magic Johnson and the Lakers is like a penny. You know, if it's both could be true. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. It's probably a little of A and a little of B, but I think it's more of B than of A. I also think Magic is the type of personality who, you know, he wears many hats, and in, and one of those hats is like his legacy, yeah. like where he, as the NBA legend, wants to be complimentary of players, yeah. and you know, I'm not necessarily sitting here putting on my tinfoil hat regarding this particular example. This right. genuinely seemed like magic, which, you know, be his old self, you know, oh, I love this kid. Like, he ri- reminds me of this and this and that. And, oh, I see a lot of similarities. And, you know, one great player to another. Yeah. The thing is, as you already touched on, you can't do that when you're in that role that he is. And he has to understand right. that because he's gotten right. burned so many times and it's just a problem. Yeah. And, but but at the, at the same time, those, those, <laughs> those fines, I mean, the biggest fine he got for the Paul George thing was half a million, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's chump change. Right. We're talking about an NBA league right now where the TV deals are in the 24 billions. Right. Here's half a million for potential. Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Actually getting, you know, a, a difference maker. Like, what? No, that's yeah. that's nothing. Yeah, you pay it every time. Yeah, put a zero behind that one and now we can talk. Right, right, exactly. All right, let's take off the tinfoil hats and let's instead right. turn to some of the big trade deadline acquisitions because now we've seen them in at least a couple games with their new teams. We can start to figure out who's looking good where. Uh I, I, let's start here because right after the deadline, we asked, "How do you reseed the East now? Like, who is the new favorite in the East?" And I think, do we both have Milwaukee, or did you have Toronto still? In terms of like the, the like, favorite to come out of the East, uh, I I I think Milwaukee. But I, I mean, look again, if everything meshes with with Mark, yeah, it could be Toronto. I have those two like neck and neck. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think we both had Philly third. I want Philly to say. third, yeah. Boston fourth, and yeah. definitely Boston fourth these days. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, Marcus Morris comes out and says the team has had no joy 
Uh, Kyrie Irving sprained his knee on Saturday. They blew like a 26 or a 28 point lead against the Clippers. They also lost to the Lakers the day of the deadline. Things are just, the chemistry just seems off in Boston, and I don't know what it's going to take to repair it aside from, I mean, the trade deadline's over. So (laughs) I don't know if they can do it until the summer. I think like the free agency of Roger, Jalen Brown's up for an extension, Kyrie's free agency, just the whole like veteran versus young player dynamic in that locker room. Maybe if like Gordon Hayward comes back and starts to play like old Gordon Hayward, that fixes everything. But until then, it just seems like there are too many cooks in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, with all of that said, Kyrie is out tonight, and I fully expect them to beat the Sixers, which is just going to be so effing demoralizing. But until then, I agree. Uh, Boston definitely still the fourth. Let's talk about Philly. Well, well, hang on, okay. because regarding Boston, okay. you just mentioned like too many chefs in the kitchen, which mm-hmm. I agree with, first of all. But I think there's a different component to it that we really haven't talked about. Okay. And it is, when you look at like you know the, the great Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. like you have a very, very clear separation between who are the stars and who are the complementary players. Yeah. Like you have Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Boogie. Like those are the big four then you have Icky kind of being the bridge between the starters. What? Did you intentionally leave out Kevin Durant? I did not. I'm sorry. <laughs> they have so many. No, I did not. Actually, I thought I said KD. I didn't say no, KD. No. Oh, okay. That's Clay. that was definitely like no. Everyone out there with their tinfoil hats. No, no. I did not. Even though that would have been fantastic. He's already in New fantastic. York. Nick, in your mind, he's already. Okay. Right. <laughs> obviously, let's do that one over. It's Curry. Obviously, Clay, yes. KD. Graymont and Boogie. Yeah. Then you have uh, Andre Iguodala bridging like this that starting unit with the bench unit. But after that, like this, the drop off is so significant that yeah. you can't really avoid having these very defined roles. Whereas mm-hmm. in Boston, like everything is a lot more fluid because the bench unit is somewhat close to the starting unit in terms of like potential and output and production. Like. You, you know, you have Jalen Brown, you have Gordon Hayward, like, who's better? Marcus Morris has played a lot better than people thought. Like, he would, previously, he would be, like, a tier below. Right. But then he just got a lot better, and now you're putting him upwards in, in that upper echelon of those guys. Yeah. Like, I, I just think they need to consolidate talent. Yeah. So they have, like, a steady group, maybe three guys that we just all know are, like, the primary three guys. Mm-hmm. And then there's a step down. Well, like you're, even if you look, that's their plan yeah. this summer, if they, if everything breaks well for Anthony Davis. Well, that depends because if Danny Ainge is, is, is like refusing to give up a lot of these guys, like yeah. that problem is going to persist. Like you, yeah. you, could, you know, we make fun of Philly at times for being very shallow on the bench, mm-hmm. but like at least they have a very defined core. Like, you know who those guys are. Mm-hmm. I would even go as far as saying that's the same thing in Toronto, even though they're deep as well. Like, the drop-off in the bench unit from the top-tier talent is just so significant. You can't help but... Or you can't avoid to have defined roles. In, right. Boston, in Boston, it just seems like it's very muddy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is, like, their young players proved themselves last year in the playoffs. Like, because of their young players and Al Horford they got within one game of the finals and then asking those guys to take a big step back in terms of minutes, opportunities, shots. And they, you know, all of them are playing for their 
they're all coming off their rookie contract. Like Roger's coming up for his mm-hmm. contract this summer. Jalen Brown's eligible for an extension this summer. Tatum, I'm sure, is already thinking about it. He's a year removed from being able to sign an extension. If you're asking those guys to make that sacrifice for a winning team, it's a tougher sell for, rather than like a guy like Kyrie, who's already made his money. He's set for life. Like, you know, Jalen Brown's got to be thinking like, man, coming off the bench right now, that's not doing me any favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, there's so many narratives going on there yeah yeah i mean and if they lose Kyrie, like this is a this is worth a, a, a you know an entire episode at one point like what do they do if yeah. they lose Kyrie? because if they do that like the need for anthony davis while still present is not so necessary anymore because who would you pair him with right terry rochere like no well also i think if you lose Kyrie. Like, the whole idea of getting Anthony Davis is to convince Kyrie to resign. So if you yeah, lose exactly. Kyrie, Anthony Davis has already said he's not going to resign with you in 2020. I think if Kyrie leaves, they maybe they still trade for him. But, like, that's my dream scenario, frankly. I hope Kyrie leaves. I hope they trade for Davis. I hope they trade the farm for Davis, and then Davis leaves in a year. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, here's the thing, though. If Davis leaves, then he's just going to go to L.A., and that's what yeah. I don't want to see happen because that just strengthens LeBron slash Rich Paul's stronghold on the league. Yeah. Well, he might go to the Knicks if Kyrie's there. But that's just sad, though. I mean, if, if Kyrie and Kevin Durant are there and then Anthony Davis goes in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I get it. The talent level is there and that's going to be fantastic, but it's the New York Knicks. Yeah. That organization is so rotten. They'll find a way to mess that up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe Rich Paul will, or who is it? Rich Kleinman supposed to be the new GM there, so it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. All right, but but let's let's talk about. We haven't seen Nico in in a Milwaukee uniform yet. He's still dealing with the calf strain, but we have seen Marcus All in a Raptors uniform. We have seen Tobias Harris in the Sixers uniform. So let's talk about those two teams now, because look, my long term concerns about the Sixers Big Four plan still exist. But like, I I'm almost adopting like this this YOLO mentality for the next year and a half because really they don't need to worry about it till 2020 2021. So they've got this year, they have next year, and then you know they won't pay the tax till the end of the 2021 season. So maybe they just figure like screw it, we're just gonna go for it the next two years. Like Elton Brand has come out and said, you know, mm. our window is now. Like Ben Simmons is ready to win now. Joel Embiid is ready to win now, and to some degree. Like, that sounds crazy because those guys are so young. But then again, like, one injury changes the whole... Tra- like, if Joel Embiid goes down again, you know, the whole trajectory of the franchise changes. Or if Ben Simmons breaks his foot again. So, like, I, I almost respect it to an extent that they're just like, yeah, man, like, these these kids are ready to win. Let's get Jimmy Butler. Let's get Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris looks great. Like, he, mm-hmm. he has so drastically changed the biggest weakness in the Sixers starting lineup, like with all due respect to Wilson Chandler, Tobias Harris commands so much respect and could do so many more things than Wilson Chandler can. (laughs) Like his ability to create off the dribble is a significant mismatch. Like he was abusing the Lakers. I mean, Ben Simmons was awful against the Lakers for most of Sunday. You know, LeBron was playing off of him. It seemed like, 
Simmons, it just like got into Simmons' head that he wanted to like prove himself against LeBron and with Magic there in the front row seats. Like, so he was aggressive early and he was taking bad shots, which are even more frustrating when you have this level of talent in your starting lineup. And then, like, Tobias yeah, Harris. He, he just, really wanted to audition. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. He's looking ahead to 2025 already. Uh, but then Tobias just took over. And, like, now also with Mike Scott off the bench, uh, Boban, I, I mean, it, they just, the, the biggest issue with the Sixers was, like, they would build up these big leads with their starting lineup, much like last year. They'd build, build up big leads and then let teams right back into the game. Against the Lakers on Sunday, they just never gave the Lakers a chance. Like, their, their defense was awful for most of the game. But, like, they just kept coming at you in waves. And, like, there was no reprieve at any point. Like, they just kept scoring, which is... I mean, Derek Bodner said it was one of their most efficient offensive performances of the season. They also had a shockingly low number of turnovers in that game. So, I'm encouraged by the start of the Tobias, the Toby and Bobby era in Philly. Do, Do you think they've moved up? closer to that Toronto Milwaukee tier based on what you've seen so far? I think they can. Absolutely. And I think Bodner hit it on the head with the low turnover count because Tobias Harris has always been a low turnover player. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler as well for the usage rate that he has is a mm-hmm. low turnover player. And Ben Simmons, you know, for his size and for the for the amount of time he spends handling the basketball, that could be a lot worse as well, especially considering age. Embiid's mm-hmm. touches, yeah, he needs to refine that just a little bit. <laughs> but, I mean, he's 24, I want to say. Yeah, yep. So that's going to come in time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just very optimistic about this team from an offensive perspective. Really yeah. optimistic. Um, Tobias is abilities to stretch the floor and make the secondary pass and the right read Mm -hmm. is one of those things that was really necessary for philly to take like another step forward yeah because while you did have great passers and ben simmons and also jimmy like let's not forget jimmy's passing right jimmy's passing has been underrated for years Mm -hmm. they needed a a guy who could sort of still be a threat from the outside and could still deliver a pass because if if he was out there like tobias is and a guy would close out hard on him, he can put the ball in the deck and like he can make a read and pass the ball to like the other open guy or you know, see whoever cuts the basket. Like now you have three guys who can make the right pass. You have a post presence in Embiid, which <laughs> sounds very nineties, but right. in this particular instance is very much needed. And you have JJ just running around, you know, drilling threes. Mm-hmm. I like the, all the components, and when they gel yeah. and they mesh in like a month, I'm going to be really curious to see what they end up as. Defensively, yeah. few concerns, but I think they, like, when, when this trade was made, like, remember I told you they should just try to be Houston yeah. of the East? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you would disagree with that. That's totally fair. I'm, I'm still on that wagon. I think yeah. that was, that's what they can do because if they struggle defensively, like they did against the Lakers, I think what did what did LA put up was it 120? 120, yeah, yeah. But again, 143 points, like just <laughs> right. outscore, just run and gun. Like you have all the talent in the world. Right. What I actually think this will do, you know, with the addition of Tobias, I think this will free up Jimmy Butler. I don't yeah. think he's realized that yet. Yeah, I think that might first come in the playoffs. 
Yeah. Because Jimmy has been a little bit underwhelming uh, during his Philly tenure. Yeah. Because he hasn't really gotten the shots. He hasn't really been like the Jimmy of old. And now with so many opportunities at his disposal, like he can play pick and roll and pick and pop with both Embiid and Harris. You can even go some pick and roll with with Ben as the as the screener. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy is just really primed to have all the right components alongside him to start just balling his ass out. Yeah, and I'm I'm fully expecting that over the next month or two, Jimmy is going to like become the Jimmy Butler bold again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I forget who said this. I want to say it was Rich Hoffman of the Athletic, but. Uh, the Sixers now just have the potential, or the like, they they have the opportunity now to hunt mismatches. Like, there's oh, always yeah. going to be a mismatch on the floor when JJ Redick is your smallest player in your starting lineup. And yes, the concerns defensively, especially about who guards the point of attack, that still exists. But at the same time, it's like who, again, like in the playoffs, who does Kyrie guard in the starting lineup? I think it almost has to be Ben Simmons. I don't think you want him chasing J.J. Redick around screens. I think you're going to have to put him against a guy who's got half a foot on him. And, you know, he tried to, like, goad mm-hmm. him into backing you down in the post, but Simmons' post play has been improved this year. Like, that's not a, a great answer, but I think it's, like, the the best of the worst options. Mm, of course. I mean, what, Kyrie's, like, 6'3"? Yeah, I think so. Six, yeah, three, and Ben four. is 6'10". Yeah. Yeah, and Ben is six ten. Yeah. I mean, obviously, and with long armed and great explosivity and athleticism, like, you know, you take those chances, you know, going to the rim and and going with the post ups. And I understand that the post up is ineffective and only provides two. Mm-hmm. So basically, Boston's counter in the playoffs would be to shoot a ton of threes. Right. Like that would be, that would have to be their strategy offensively. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think, like, I'm frankly shocked at how well they've played offensively, considering they haven't practiced together, I don't think, at all. And, like, they clearly don't, you know, they're not going to have a knowledge of the sets that they will in two months' time. I think, like, both offense and defense will come around in time. It's just developing more chemistry together. There was one play in particular on Sunday uh, in the first half, like, Ben's dribbling in transition, does a behind-the-back pass to Tobias. Tobias just, like, wasn't expecting it at all. He was like, holy crap, this guy could do that? <laughs> and, you know, they tur- it was a turnover, but, like, in a month's time, you know, we Jimmy, his impact is lower than it was in Chicago or Minnesota, but he is developing very clear chemistry with both Simmons and Embiid, and I think mm-hmm. that will just come in time for the new guys as well. I, I, I love Boban. I really do. I still think he might get played off the floor against smaller setters but <laughs> at the same time man he is unstoppable offensively in pick and rolls like he can't guard a pick and roll on defense really at all but like i don't know what you do what a seven foot three guy like he could just reach his arms out almost from the foul line and dunk it he's it's incredible so you know they, this just is- once i want to see the big lineup they they were on the floor together to rebound a free throw i believe at the end of the first half it was, it was oh, they great. were? Yeah, for like, like 20 like seconds. Yeah. Boban and Bede Simmons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I missed that. I missed that. Yeah. I need to go back and watch that. I want that because, like, what can teams do offensively? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, but what what can they do defensively? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah. but, oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, like, 
this Brett Brown has his work cut out for him in this last third of the regular season and heading into the playoffs, like figuring out his rotations, getting all these guys up to speed. But the early returns are promising in Philly. I think you could say the same about Toronto. Marcus Gasol looks good. Marcus Gasol looks I mean, really good. It's Marcus Gasol. I know. Pass first mentality, defense, you know, not, okay, not explosive rebounding. That's never been his forte. Mm -hmm. But, like, shooting ability, just the way that he weaves himself into a team. Yeah. Yeah. And you you alluded to this before. Yeah. Well, like, what I said about Simmons with, you know, with the Tobias pass, there were a couple instances like that, especially in his Raptors debut, Mm -hmm. where, like, teammates just were not expecting him to be able to make the passes he could. But then against the Nets uh, on Monday night, you know he tore them up in the fourth quarter. And there, there is one in particular is making its way around Twitter, where he like gets the pass in the high post, fakes one way, and then throws it to a cutter for an easy dunk. Like it, it, I don't know how you have that <laughs> chemistry four days after you join the team, but like after the game, all the Nets were or all the Raptors players were just raving about it. It was like. Holy crap, man! Like, it, it, you know, they were saying like we were trying to train Jonas Valanciunas to be this kind of a passer and you know playmaker in the post, but like Marcus Gasol's there already. He adds a really dangerous element to this Raptors team. Mm. So I like I genuinely don't know how the East shakes out anymore. Like I I think Boston still. Arguably has the most talent of any team, but the chemistry there is weird. And now, like, Philly, Milwaukee, Toronto, man, it's... <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah. tweeted this... When Nico plays. Yeah, I, I said this this morning. Like, I think... It, I don't know if it's all four of the Warriors' biggest threats or just four of them, but, like, at least four of the Warriors' biggest threats all play in the East. I think Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, and Boston give more of a threat to the Warriors if Boston figure out their chemistry issues, would be more of a threat to the Warriors than any team possibly outside of Denver. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you brought up Denver. I was about yeah. to scream at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's wild. I, it's like, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, conceivably any team in the East is going to have a harder road to the finals than the Warriors. Man, the Eastern... I, I haven't said this in a while. The Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be fun. They really... Because, like, like, Indiana and Brooklyn, too, are not pushovers. Like, those 3-6-4-5 matchups are going to be tough. I, I get that Indiana isn't a pushover, but, like, just just by sheer fact of not having your clear-cut superstar, yeah. I mean, there is just going to be a lacking component that... They just cannot make up for it, even as many minutes as they want to give Wes Matthews. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but I get what you're saying. Like they're frisky. Yeah, and Brooklyn is. We said it last episode. They're they good. don't know any better. No, they're good. I yeah. mean, they're downright good. And yeah. I I maintain that they would have made the playoffs last year. <laughs> I'm never going to to accept otherwise. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the. Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. I know. Uh, All right. Do you want to talk about the other central figures from the trade deadline, namely the players in the Bulls wizard swap? Uh, sure. I mean, Otto Porter has been very good for the Bulls. Uh, Come in and and done exactly what you expected him to do. You know, hit shots, uh, play active defense. Like, I want to preface this by saying, you know, Otto was unfairly being labeled as some great defender, which, you know, he never himself called himself, he never called himself a great defender. Like, he was never one of those guys who just pumped himself up, you know, I'm the defensive player of the year, whatever. Like, that was... That was a sentiment that, that a lot of Wizards fans really started to, to you know, bang on the drums. And they, he's a fine defender, but he's not one of those elite, uh, you know, stoppers. Right. And he, he's probably never going to be that type of player. But he's just he's just damn solid yeah. in everything he does defensively. Like, yeah. he is one of those guys who can guard the post, you know, go out and guard someone small. And he can do so rather efficiently. But he's not going to completely own you on that end of the floor yeah having said that he might at this current stage be the you know the bulls best two-way player and that's <laughs> yeah you know, that, yeah you can you can think about that what you want but I, I will say this he's looked a lot better in chicago in the in his first three games than he's done in in washington yeah like it seems that a change of scenery really helped him mm-hmm. um and i also want to mention like people looking at i, I saw a couple guys mention Oh, his rebounding numbers were kind of lax. Like, only four a game. He used to be higher. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, by design of Jim Boylan, has just been cleaning up the glass recently. Mm-hmm. Just picking off everything. So that's partly why Porter really didn't even, you know, assert himself on the glass as much. Right. Yeah. But I, he's been good. A real shot maker. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like... Defensively, especially, as you said, he got labeled with that like 3 and D label just because there's no better way to describe him. But I think he's not really right. that type of player. I mean, like he, he's a great three-point shooter. He he became a great three-point shooter. Um, right. But he's not that like lockdown wing. I think he's just a really good team defender. Like he's not going to... Yeah. You know, he's not a like on-ball stopper. But, like, he's also not going to contribute to a lot of breakdowns that then put his teammates on an island, which is valuable. I mean, you need mm. that type of just smart basketball player on your team. And I think, you know, he's a better passer than he gets credit for. I think, did I see yesterday that he, that uh, Boylan was using him as kind of like a point forward at a point? He used him at center. Oh, okay. I like yeah, it. Yeah, he, he he'd done that twice. I was kind of, I was, uh, I, yeah, I was surprised to see him go with like a super small lineup because usually he wanted to get people into the post. Yeah. But lately, Boylan seems to have wisened up a little bit. Um, huh. He joined the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. May, maybe Stefan knows constant and yeah. utterly correct analysis of the Bulls hit home. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> kind of hope so. Um, 
but but yeah so the, the offense is more f- uh, free flowing at this point um mm. you, you see a lot of marketing grabbing the board and just starting dribbling up the court and initiating the offense which is actually really interesting he's mm. got some some very interesting qualities to his dribble drive game and it seems that Otto Porter is really enjoying that because he, he you know how do you stop a 7 footer coming at you with a full you know just full steam ahead and with right. great ball handling ability like so Porter recognizes that and just moves down to the corner yeah just waiting for the entire defense to collapse and usually that's that's sort of the case um so so right now the offensive chemistry in Chicago is actually looking a lot better it seems that the you know the the guys have more defined roles now which mm-hmm. you know you can say the same thing about the Sixers really because with Tobias coming in like he's a forward through and through. You, you don't have that all that Ben Simmons thing with is he a guard? Is he a forward? Like what is he? Like mm-hmm. by sheer presence, you kind of force Ben to be a guard. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it becomes more streamlined, and you, you're seeing the same thing in Chicago. So, and on the other side of that trade, like Bobby Portis in his first game <laughs> with the Wizards, like had thirty. Yeah. And you know I. I, I mean, I feel bad for, for Bobby. He was emotional after that trade. He really he really took it hard. Um, yeah. But it seems like he's he's gotten over it now, and he was really excited about getting the win in Chicago. Mm. Uh, Jabari Parker even looks competent right now. Yeah, yeah. So, almost a triple-double in his first game. Seven his first points, game. 11 rebounds, 9 assists. Look, I mean, for him, it was just a matter of getting out of Chicago. Yeah. It was sure. like he was, he even said at some point, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what I, what I'm going to tell like a future free agent. But if someone comes asking me about Chicago, I'm going to tell them the truth. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he, he definitely has some thoughts about that. And yeah. Portis, you know, he's playing for a contract and is, he, it seems like he's really having a positive influence on the Wizards locker room because he was a, he was the emotional leader in Chicago. Like yeah. he was one of those guys who consistently like would would just live over a room and and go one two three balls and like get the the juices flowing and all that. And now he's taking that to Washington. And if there's a team out there that could really use a guy like that, it's Washington. Like, yeah. Because that seemed like a hellhole for a long time. Right. Well, I mean, they're also just so injured that both of those guys have major opportunities right away which is great right like you know dwight howard's still out walls out for the year jeff green mm-hmm. left early saturday against the bulls with a hip tightness he played monday but you know like they they had a need there at that forward spot whereas the bulls it, it was clogged because you had marketing you had wendell carter jr you had robin lopez like there just wasn't as much opportunity in chicago for you know, like Jabari, we talked about all year, like needs to play the four. Mm. You should not play Jabari Parker as a small forward. He has more of a chance to do that in Washington than he did in Chicago. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a beneficial trade really for all sides. Like all, all of the players involved seem to be in better situations than they were, you know, a week ago. Right. And, and you know, I think... With in regards to like the Bulls' decision of acquiring Otto Porter and going on their pre pre agency, oh <laughs> uh, yes, yes, uh, you know it, it was a wise choice, but at the same time, you have to wonder about their logic because right, it, you know last year the reason they didn't go 
you know, in the way of getting a long-term contract and taking on a draft pick was we didn't want to lock up anything. We didn't want to lock up our cap space for 2019. Mm-hmm. So that's why they made like that flexible deal with Jabari Parker. Yep. But then a year later where they could have taken an asset, they decide, oh, let's go all in. Right. On a long-term contract. That's 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 I think that is a primary example of the instability that just frustrates the hell out of Bulls fans. Yeah. Because it seems the plan keeps changing. Right. Like on a not even on a yearly basis, but on like a half yearly basis. It's <laughs> right. wherever the wind flows, they just change it up. So I don't even know what the plan is in Chicago at this point. Like not, okay, fine. Now you have Otto Porter who's doing well. Like mm-hmm. kudos for that. But like, what's what's the end game now? Like, where yeah. do you go from here? Yeah, I well, I saw that that column from friend of the podcast Mark Karadzoulis on, I believe, Bloggable. Yeah, Bloggable, um, right? Yeah, where he got, he literally took comments from Garpax over the last couple of years, where they they've been fetishizing cap space. As you said, they've been you know like trying not to have these long term contracts because they keep dangling free agency at the end of the stick, like. Oh, yeah, 2017, we're going to get a big guy. Oh, we struck mm. out there. 2018, we're going to get a big guy. Oh, crap, right. we struck out again. But 2019, look, at we're going to get Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. <laughs> but then, like, as, you know, as Mark pointed out, the Memphis Grizzlies last year were reportedly willing to dangle their first-round pick if some team was willing to take on Chandler Parsons. They had two years left on his gigantic deal. It was the number four pick. It turned out to be Jaron Jackson. Like, there's a world in which the Bulls could have just sucked up that money, realized we're not going to spend it on anything better, but we're going to get Jaron Jackson Jr. and Wendell Carter Jr., or, you know, two mm-hmm. two top seven prospects. They they might have switched who they picked at either spot, but, okay. You, or traded up for Luka Doncic. Or traded up. I mean, or, I mean, worst case scenario, you get, like, Trey Young and one of those guys. You know, or like Jaron Jackson and Mikhail Bridges, or Jaron Jackson and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like they had a lot of opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Right. but so I mean, you know, that's the question: Would you rather have Wendell Carter and Otto Porter, or Jaron Jackson, Wendell Carter, and Chandler Parsons? I, I think I know where I would I'd go be. with the. Yeah, I would go with the latter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're right. I mean, it it does expose. Like, in some sense, this is good. Like, the Bulls are finally realizing that they aren't a free agent destination. So right, it's good for and them. And they're fun to watch. Yeah. And it, so it's, like, yeah. good for them to embrace that reality and, like, you know, act accordingly. But mm. you're right. Like, it, it does expose some major flaws in their logic from the last couple of years when all of a sudden they completely reverse course and are willing to give up the cap space they've so fiercely protected. So in the press conference, uh, Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic kind of asked Gar Foreman about, you know, not, uh, or, or actually asked him about taking on like a long-term contract for a, for a draft pick. Mm-hmm. And, and Gar Foreman actually asked for examples of when that had I, happened. Yeah, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Did Darnell reply Which, like, have you heard of Sam Hinkie? Actually, Darnell uh, replied in terms of the Brandon Knight trade that had just gone down. Okay, yeah. And apparently the organization there, you know, didn't answer that proficiently because they didn't think it was, like, the proper example. 
or the bu- whatever. The Bulls literally but did it like, last year with Ashik. Yeah, and they even gave up like a good player in Miritich to, right. to to do it. Like, yeah, right. but I look that organization is such a Mickey Mouse club. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, I mean, the Sixers did it multiple times. That that was the Sacramento trade. They did it with Javale McGee as well. Like, oh. name me a team who hasn't done it at some point. I oh mean, man, that's real dumb. It's... Yeah. Like so that. yeah. So yeah. I mean, so I guess oof. it's going well with Otto Porter, and yeah. they're fun to watch, and that's great. But you know, it's just that thing that lurks in the background all the time, right? Like they're, you're they're just still you're going just, nowhere. They're going nowhere, and you just have no faith in their plan, whoever, like whatever it is. Like the Bulls. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like uh, I've been in a Twitter thread with a lot of Bulls guys, mm-hmm. and there's like this, <laughs> there's this thing that everyone seems to be asking every couple of days, like. Even if the Bulls win the lottery and get Sion Williamson, do you have any faith that they'll do this properly? That they'll right. go anywhere with it? Nope. Right. <laughs> this is just like it doesn't matter. It's yeah. completely pointless. Yeah. And the tricky thing for them is like a lot of the other lottery bound teams don't have an established young front court of the future. The Bulls are the one one of the only teams where it's like, all right, we get Zion, but can he fit next to Carter and Marketing, or do we need to trade one well, of those guys doesn't... too? Doesn't matter. Small forward, remember? Yeah, yeah oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Poylan will play him a point guard. Oh, <laughs> post up. Post up, Cyan. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. All right. Uh, let's talk about some of the impact. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at Pathways Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Buyout signings so far. And then we can also discuss a few of the guys still on the market. Because as we already mentioned, Markeith Morris from earlier. Uh, Let's start with the latest one, Jeremy Lin to Toronto. Which caught me totally off guard because I was told, and by I was told, I mean, you know, reports right after the deadline said... The Hawks weren't going to buy out any of their guys, Lynn and Deadman in particular. And then on Monday, boom, Lynn gets bought out. He's going to the Raptors. I love it. Yeah. Love it. It pisses me off, man. Because now they're, Fred Van Vliet's out for a couple weeks with an injury. So now, you know, they traded Deal on Wright in the Marcus All deal. So now Jeremy Lynn, I guess maybe that's the thing. He just, like, saw that opportunity to play, like, a legitimate backup role short term but also the the Raptors only had 10 guys under contract after the trade deadline like there is an opportunity there for him either way yeah because here's the thing he can play the off guard as well yeah 
Like, yeah. Linen's just a guard yeah. because he's got great size. He can shoot. He can penetrate the paint. You know, he's he's got a multifaceted offensive game, mm-hmm. which suits him at both guard spots. Yep. And if you want to be really, really creative and go super small, like, yeah, he can handle a few spot minutes at the three. I'm not worried about that fit at all. I just love it. Yeah. He's a smart guy, smart player, and... He's a locker room steady man. Yep. Like he's just one of those guys who all the time like brings the positive energy, the communication, the intelligence. I think Toronto ultimately has created such a wonderful environment around Kawhi Leonard as well mm-hmm. that I, I'm I'm reaching that point now where I'll actually be a little bit surprised if Kawhi doesn't at least consider returning to mm-hmm. Toronto. Yeah. I mean <laughs> If you're talking about like short-term basketball competitive, then then he has no reason to leave. But it it wouldn't if not for his quad injury, it wouldn't surprise me if he signed a one plus one deal, because like Lowry and Gasol are both expiring after next season, assuming Gasol picks right. up his player options. So you could like run it back for one more season, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see how far they go in the playoffs this year. But, you know, if they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals or if they even made it to the Finals and lost in a tough tough series, then, you know, maybe Kawhi runs it back. But I, I feel like locking in long-term there is dangerous just because a lot of their core, aside from Siakam and Fred Van Vliet and OG, I guess, but, like, Lowry and Gasol now are on the wrong side of 30. So right, the long-term future is a little scary, but, like, Right now, you know, if he goes to the Clippers, which is his rumored destination, the Clippers are great, but I don't know if the Clippers are a better chance to win the title next year than the Raptors will be. Agreed. But I will say this. Let's assume that Kawhi runs it back one more year. Yeah. Then when his next season is up, he's Mm -hmm. going to be about 29. Yeah. And he's going to be eligible for a, a, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Like, if, if a guy nearing 30 with a quad injury problem, yeah, like, maybe that's what you get. Like, maybe if he leaves, you're kind of okay with it. Mm-hmm. And then you've had two of th- two seasons in smack dab middle in the prime of Kawhi Leonard's career. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he Like, wa- that's a fair shot. If he wanted to maximize his money, he would sign a two plus one, because then he could opt out and sign the... You know, then he would have ten years of service in the league, and he'd be eligible for the thirty-five percent max. But the quad injury makes me think he's locking in long term somewhere. All right, he's a seven-year pro. Yeah, or this is his eighth year. So yeah, he's got yeah two yeah, more yeah. Year. yeah. So he has two more years before he gets the thirty-five percent. Yep. So yeah, I mean that's why I think if anything, that's why I think he's gonna get the quad injury is why I think he's gonna want to lock in long term somewhere this summer, and given the age of the Raptors' other principal players, I could at least understand him leaving, even though, again, I think the Raptors are his best chance to win a title this year and most likely next year. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, like, Kyle Lowry is the big one, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gasol, is, Gasol is what he is. He's so big that he always, you know, clocked the paint. The shooting touch I don't think goes away. Right. I could see him be effective in a, a couple more years pending the right contract as well so it makes sense yeah so you don't hamstring yourself kyle lowry is the one like the the one the one name that kind of concerns me because he puts a lot 
of height on his jumper. At some point, that body is going to feel a little bit sluggish, a little bit he- heavy because of the age. You know, he's not going to be as, as as dynamic as score. It's not going to come as easy for him. Mm-hmm. Then what? Like, what do you do? Well, also, he very visibly hates Masai Ujiri. It just, there is no love lost between him and Masai Ujiri. Like, it does seem like, like at least he appreciates the winning culture at this point. I get yeah, yeah. that, you know, so, so I get that he's not a fan of that trade and all that, but at some point he has to grow up. Like, yeah. you're winning, you're better. Right. Yeah, I would think so. It, 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 the whole East, we could do a whole episode just on, like, <laughs> once we get to the playoffs especially, like, the, the Eastern Conference second round is going to do such... It's it's going to determine so much about the NBA's future. It's wild. Mm. Like all of these teams, including Indiana and Brooklyn, even all of these teams have major free agent decisions to make this summer, and like how far these teams go could influence whether Kawhi leaves or whether Jimmy leaves or whether Kyrie leaves or whether Tobias leaves or whether like the entire Brooks team not named Chris or not named Giannis Antetokounmpo leaves. It's the stakes are so high for all of these teams. And while on the subject of the Eastern Conference, Shams just had a tweet uh, saying that John Wall just underwent successful surgery on his ruptured Achilles oh, tendon. that's good. So that's good. nice. Good for him. He will be out for 12 months. Yeah. As expected. Right. Yeah. Well, but that's at least nice. And you know. if we want to stay with Eastern Conference contenders, let's talk about the Indiana Pacers, who Victor Oladipo is out for the year. So they added Wes Matthews. On the buyout market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you and I talked about this st- before we started recording. You know, y- you mentioned that he wants to go to a place where he could get minutes, which he'll certainly get in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I-, I was just looking at his age. He's 32. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking he should ring chase. I mean, <laughs> he himself had gone through an Achilles injury. Yeah. So he's, he's not as explosive as he used to be. Not that he was ever like a high flyer, but he was... You know, he's just a lot quicker. That A lot of that right. quickness is gone. He's become, you know, more or less a, a stationary shooter. I think that would have fit well in, on Philly in, in particular. Yeah. I mean, they needed shooting. They needed a little bit of wing depth. And going to Indiana, yeah, you know, sure, he feels the need, but they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I hate saying that because I really love to watch them play, but you know, removing Victor Depot from the equation just puts a severe cap on their ceiling. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is the motivation. Like, he, he looked around the landscape and said, I could ring chase or I could go to the one team that had a glaring injury at shooting guard. I could start for them. They're still going to make the playoffs. I'll still have a chance to, you know, maybe make it to the second round, maybe make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Probably not, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, probably not. <laughs> but, you know, injuries could hit anyone at any time. Uh, but also, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's looking out for his next contract, which makes sense. Like, it's fair. Yeah, it's if you fair. prove yourself on a good team, you know, with all due respect to the Mavericks, like they're they were not going to make the playoffs most likely. So if you prove yourself to be a valuable contributor on a winning team and you make an impact on the on a playoff team, like maybe that gets him a full mid level exception this summer, which which I respect. And in the meantime, like that's a big addition for Indiana. That again, I don't think they're. I, I think, as you said, the Oladipo injury knocks them out of the tier that they were in with Philly and Boston. But like, I I still won't be psyched. I mean, because I don't think the Sixers are getting up to the two seed. And I'm not psyched regardless of who they draw. 
and whether it's Indiana or Boston or or the Nets in the first round. I do think the Pacers slip to the five. Right now they are the three seed. They've got a game and a half lead on Philly and a two and a half game lead on Boston. But check out their schedule from like mid March on, and it's brutal. Like they, mm. you know, they've won six in a row, which is really incredible. Um, given the Oladipo injury, but like right. they've got a really really tough stretch coming up. Uh, so I would just keep that in mind with you know projecting out like where they're going to finish is like they have a lot of west coast teams like it's uh start yeah starting mid-march it's oklahoma then a four-game road trip to denver portland clippers warriors a home game against denver road game okc road game boston yeah that's tough that's brutal and then that is tough right before that two road games at milwaukee at philly I mean, you just said something interesting before. Like, who would you rather face in the playoffs, you know, between Indiana and Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. I, I'm still going to go Indiana at this point. Yeah, I would too. Like, I mean, and I, again, I really hate saying that. They were so fun. I know. And they're it's great. Like, they're, yeah. They're a great team. This, oh, I mean, I was I was bummed when the Victor Oladipo injury happened, but it, it hasn't grown less frustrating. Yeah, I think Brooklyn's just so scary because the amount of three-point shooters they have. And you want to reduce the variance in the playoffs, and three-point shooters increase your variance. If you're... <laughs> yeah. You know, like D'Angelo Russell could go off at any time. Joe Harris hit seven threes oh, yeah. in the first half last night. Like, that's... <laughs> Karis LeVert's back. Spencer Didwitty will be back by the playoffs. Just that volume of three-point shooting threats, that scares me if I'm facing them in the first round. Do you actually do you think there's a world where the Brooklyn Nets could surprise people and yeah. go a lot further than, I, you th- than the one we think? I think there's a world. I mean, they almost beat the Raptors last night. Like it wouldn't shock me. I think the Brooklyn Nets are the one team that could actually win a series against one of these top four teams. That's why I wouldn't want them to face Philly, and I'm already terrified that they're going to. Yeah, but I'm thinking a little bit further. Just like like, is the Eastern Conference Finals just a complete no go from them? I mean, I get everything would have to just yeah. fall in line, and yeah. everything would have to fall perfectly, but like that could happen. It's not and like impossible. you said, it's improbable but not impossible. Yeah, I think that's a fair All way right. of putting it. Yeah. Okay. Like fair. I think the sh- whoever gets the seven or the eight, whether it's Charlotte, Detroit, Miami, Orlando, no way yeah. any of those teams win a series. Agreed. I think Brooklyn could win a series. I could. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Detroit, though, they also made a big signing. They got Wayne Ellington, who is... Wes Matthews and Wayne Ellington were, the, like, the two guys who everyone in Philly were like, oh, don't worry about the, the Sixers' depth. They're just going to get one of those two guys on the <laughs> playoff market. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, actually, these guys want to go on a team where they'll actually be promised minutes and have a role and having a... Or get paid, in well, get Wayne paid. Ellington's yeah. case. Yeah. Well, the Sixers have the room exception still. They just... You know, now have five very high usage guys in their starting lineup, so the opportunity is not there. So Wayne Ellington is on the Pistons, and the Pistons right now are the eight seed. They're a game up on the Miami Heat. I mean, he's a floor spacer, and yeah. they needed that after Reggie Bullock got traded. So yep. they found their Reggie Bullock replacement and then also got Svee in the trade plus a second rounder. So yeah. 
I mean, that's that's a fair overall couple of days or, yeah. or a week for yeah. Detroit. Because, I mean, Detroit probably, if you're trading Reggie Bullock, that's signaling that you weren't planning on paying him this summer in free agency. So, yeah, as you said, like, that's a, a fine trade-off. That, that trade looks better in retrospect knowing Wayne Ellingson went there. Right. And also, well, I, I kind of liked it from the get-go because, you know, Svi really has the potential of becoming one of those, you know, game-changing shooters. His his stroke mm-hmm. is so effortless. Yeah. He's just not there yet. He's not ready. He's young. Even though he was like a four-year college guy, he's just not there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I really loved what they did, even though it was very under the radar. Yeah. And, and Ellington, to his credit, like he, remember when he came into the league, he was sort of an in-between player. He wasn't mm-hmm. this, you know, pro- prolific three-point shooter. Yeah. And you didn't really know what he was. I think Minnesota tried him out at point guard at one point. Like, <laughs> what is he really? Mm-hmm. I love when guys in their late 20s, when, that's when, you know, Ellington figured it out. Yeah. You know, what they understands, oh, okay, this is my role. Right. This is what I'm good at. Right. I, I've, I've grown in a certain area that makes me a specialist. This is where I can you know, survive in the league. This is where I can find a role and I can and, and I can succeed in that. Ellington, to, until the day that he retires, is just a floor spacer, and I, I love to watch him shoot. Yeah, that 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 release is just gorgeous. I was kind of hoping he would land in Philly, I know. simply because just by watching him in practice every day, Ben Simmons would be like, "Oh, I shouldn't have a hitch." Hey, hey, sh- <laughs> Ben Simmons almost hit a three pointer the other day. He did, he did, and you know why he didn't or how I know that he didn't because I would have gotten like 17 DMs from you I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was, it, I, I was just I had the exact same reaction as Joel Abid <laughs> I like after the game this a reporter asked like JJ Reddick what did you think about it were you surprised and like, no I wasn't really surprised and Abid turns to him and was like you sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> Now, it was in and out too. Yeah, I, I must know. have seen like that. That is the one miss that I must have seen the most this year. Yeah, well, because the form looked surprisingly good for a guy who refuses to take three pointers. Like, right, still it, awkward, but yeah, right. It's it's coming along, which is which is promising. But yeah, I mean, Wayne Ellington's also a Philly guy, so I think that was one of the reasons people were making the connection there but i i don't begrudge any of these guys for where they ended up i mean i think no, no, all of fine. these all of these landing spots make sense and yeah i mean that's you know i i love short term i love what philly did at the deadline because like the, their bench is better their starting lineup is much better but that's one of the problems with adding wayne uh james ennis and jonathan simmons off the bench is like these buyout guys are now you know, what, what made them so appealing last year is you saw their bench and Ilyasova and Bellinelli saw, all right, cool, I can like come and actually play real minutes. This year it's like, ah, uh, I don't know if I would be in the lineup or in the rotation. So I, I think all these guys make sense where they were. Uh, one final thing before we... Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.
Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Depart. I think we have to acknowledge some milestones for some Oklahoma City players that were set last night. This is true. Um, you know, Paul George. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm, I'm Paul kidding. George. No, it's it's valid though. Like Paul George had a yeah, but that's not where you're heading though. No, no. That was, I, honestly, I it was part of it because like, so I guess they were the ninth pair of teammates in history to have a triple double that's right paul george has right. a 47 point triple double and then yep. westbrook becomes the first player in nba history to have 10 straight triple doubles i love paul george man yeah i i will give you credit earlier this season i, I was like hesitant to say he was their best player now he's unquestionably their best player but oh come on i mean look that was that was apparent last year i just i don't get how you can't like what what's the difference? It's just the volume. Well, I think it's that's cause, the change because like, Paul George like tended to fade in the second half of seasons. This year that hasn't happened. Like he's only gotten better. Oh man, don't make don't make me look at the calendar right now. Like could you just imagine <laughs> <laughs> like the final twenty five games of the season? Apart. Don't jinx it. Yeah, don't yeah. jinx it. No, no, but I, I, I think he's here to stay. So how far up is he on the MVP ladder now? That's, because I yeah. think he moved up significantly. That's what I was going to ask. I feel like he's... I think the top three in some order is Harden, Giannis, and Paul George. Yeah, I would agree with you entirely. Here's here's a fun little thing. So Paul George is on pace for more than 300 triples this year. Uh-huh. Only Steph had done that prior. Uh-huh. But James Harden is also on his way to 300 triples. Man. That's wild. This league is changing so much, and it's it's fun. At yeah. this, I mean, it's we are going to see so many you know three point field goal percentage or, or just three point field goal records be broken. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm still waiting, uh, and it's coming at some point. I'm still waiting for Steph to hit like twenty threes in the game. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah. So he that's how he's gonna break Kobe's eighty one. He's just gonna hit oh, yeah. nothing but threes the entire game. You see, that's the fun part, right? We, you know, remember when Oscar before Russ had his first year, it was always, oh, Oscar is is the one guy who averaged a triple double. It's never going to be replicated. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no one's gonna do this and that. No one's gonna do this. Like records are being broken left and right uh, these days, and still people are like, oh, the one hundred point game. That's no, no problem. Right. That's that's fine. Right. No one's gonna break that. And then you kind of remind yourself that Kobe Bryant was not a prolific three-point shooter, yep. and he got to eighty-one. Yep, like that one is there. Yeah, that is it. It is there. The only thing that might happen is you know the the concern about overplaying a guy. Mm-hmm. So everything has to fall in line. Like the, it has to be like an overtime game. It has to be like a, a somewhat tight game. Yeah, yeah. Or all the cards have to be full, falling right. Kevin Durant has to leave for the Knicks. And then Steph just has to score fifty. It's fifty a game next year. <laughs> like, like if Katie leaves for the Knicks and Clay leaves. For oh LA. my God, Steph would just <laughs> Steph would be Kobe, except he'd be Kobe who could shoot. 
<laughs> There's a part of me that actually wants to see that yeah. just for the entertainment angle. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like Draymond with average 15 assists a game. Oh man, that would be nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think your your question about George is fair, and I think he just deserves a shout out for playing yeah. as well as he has. And like, I know you you know you you and Russ do not have the best of relationships, but. They've won eleven of their past twelve now, and they're beating good yeah. teams. You know, they're beating, yeah. they beat the Blazers twice. They beat in Houston. They beat in Boston. Or no, they lost. Boston was their one loss. Uh, they beat Milwaukee. They beat Philly. Like point is, they're good. Yeah, and, like I, I yeah. get the stat padding against Russ. I get you know he's not shooting particularly well this year. He was five of nineteen against Portland on Monday. Like that's been a bugaboo the whole year. But I think to his credit. He has been more deferential to Paul George. Like he realizes Paul George. Oh sure. He's just had the hot hand the entire year. And whereas Russ in years past would not recognize that or would try to like take over, I think he he has been really good about just being like, all right, screw it, <laughs> go wild, Paul. He's been a pass first point guard. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, look, look, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and be like. You know, too critical of Russ in terms of his changing mindset. Like, yeah, he has been a pass first point guard. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely, undoubtedly true, and he's a better player for it. Yeah. What I have a problem with is that he will still make decisions that just cost you games. Was it the Boston game they lost because he just yeah, had yeah. some sort of weird dribble thing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes his decision making is just so weird and so disruptive to the entire flow of the team. That you can just look at his teammates go, what the hell are you doing right now? You're 30 years old. Right. What are you doing? Right, right. And, and then, of course, like, you know, let's just call it like it is. The stat pattern. I hadn't really looked up the numbers, but remember a couple of months back, I read you the like the uncontested yeah. rebounding percentage. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like set up for him to get those rebounds. Like, to yeah. his credit, he does crash the glass, right. obviously, but it's with a very... You know, the mindset is I want to get the triple-double, which, you know, fine. I can, I can actually respect it if you go about it that way and you actually just, like, talk about it and go, hey, you know what? I want to be the guy who averaged triple-doubles for, like, five seasons in a row. Yeah. You know, more power to you. Yeah. Like, you have guys who want, want to score 30 a game. More power to you. What I only want is, like, the transparency of it. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I just think uh, Tom Ziller of SB Nation had a really good column today where he just said, basically, like, Russ has normalized the absurd. Like, I know you could argue he has cheapened the triple-double in some way, especially because of the uncontested rebounds, but he's still averaging, in this streak alone, he's averaging almost 14 assists a game. Like, there's a reason people don't do that. Like, it's really hard (laughs) to do, Mm -hmm. to even get one triple-double, much less 10 in a row. Like, I know James Harden capers in particular, like, oh, well, it's a round-upper, who cares, you know, if... Like, if Paul George missed out on his triple-double last night, if he had nine assists instead of ten, there's no way you argue he had a less impactful game than Russ, even though Russ had the triple-double. But, like, at a certain point, I get all the arguments, the stat padding, the bad field goal percentage, I get it. But, like, at a certain point, we just have to sit back and respect that, like, this is a very impressive thing he's doing, nevertheless, and they're playing winning basketball. If he was stat padding and they were losing, it'd be different, but they're beating good teams and you know playing winning basketball i think it really like the whole thunder team deserves a shout out because they're a game behind the nuggets right now for the two seed in the west to be fair though i've never said 
it wasn't impressive. Yeah. No, I've I never know. said that. I know. What I've said is the influence of the triple-double alone isn't what we think it is. Remember yeah. back in the day when you had a triple-double, it was viewed as, oh, you did everything you could to make your team win. Yep. Like, have we ever seen a proper correlation between triple-doubles and winning basketball? Uh. I not the, to my knowledge, at least like the right. number of triple doubles that come in a win versus a loss, and whether yeah, I don't know if that's someone that, should do that's that. The, right, and that's the thing. That's that's just the one thing that bothers me is that you. And, and also, I want to say you know, a lot of OKC fans just has made the experience just annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's fair to say. Right. And and I say that fully respecting the team and and most of the fan base because a lot of them are actually very nice people to talk to, but. Yeah. You know that whole you know that that whole Russell Westbrook uh, agenda that's been on social media in, in particular. I don't think that does Russ any favors as well. Yeah, it, it, it's the it's the whole package. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not judging like Russ for the fan base. That's not fair. Right. But like overall, it's the you just it's you get a little bit fatigued of it. Yeah. But absolutely, just to reiterate reiterate myself, the assist numbers, the his change in play, the fact that he has become a pass first point guard, the fact, like you said, that he's understood that Paul George is 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 the clear cut number one option on this team and has acknowledged it and and embraced it, totally deserving of as much respect as you can throw at him. Absolutely. Imagine if he had done this when Kevin Durant was still in town. Oh man, Durant, Durant would have averaged like 35, 36 points a game. Uh, I know. Too, was it too soon to make that joke? Okay, good. No, I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's fair. Those two just didn't really match. Like, yeah. I think from a mental perspective. Yeah. I just think don't think their their personalities really matched up. I, I it's that that pairing was always weird. It was always my turn, your turn. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he just looked at Paul George and was like, "I'm not gonna make that same mistake right. again." Like, like they might finally have that one guy, and they might have yeah. both needed to go through that experience to realize what they needed, which is great in a way. That's a, that's a cool story. Absolutely. So as long as Russ from here on out just gives the ball to Paul George at the end of games, yeah. I'm gonna be fine with him. Me too. Just don't make weird ass dribble drives that you lose control of <laughs> at the end of the game. Just don't. Right. That's fine. Just Paul George. Right. Right. There you go. Well, that's a perfect place to wrap up because I got you to compliment Russell Westbrook. So I feel great about myself. Great start to the day. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to everyone for following us and listening in. You can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So follow them on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Tepork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen, who is really excited because All-Star Weekend is coming up. Hey, I am. Again, my son is looking forward to it very much. Like, the All-Star Friday and Saturday, locked in with the family, pancakes, everything. I'm very excited about my son's experience. (laughs) Right. There we go. We'll we'll come back later this week. We'll talk some All-Star stuff. Maybe. You know what? I want to also do all-NBA teams. Because here's just some food for thought. One of mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James is going to be a third third team All-NBA this year. <laughs> That's horrible. We should really get rid of positions on this thing. I just, I'm, I'm, well, that was a what they call a tease in the industry. So, oh, it was a tease, yeah. yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll talk about I, I haven't been in, I, I haven't been part of 200 episodes. <laughs> right, right. But food for thought, <laughs> listeners. Figure out who, which one of those guys is 
not a second team all NBA. Hint, it's LeBron. <laughs> See you, Brian. <laughs> Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.